How many of you remember the 1984 blockbuster movie called, called what? Called Beverly Hills Cop. How many remember that movie? Start Eddie Murphy, right? Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop. The producers of this movie were looking for a theme song. They didn't have a theme song, so they hired Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry of the rock group called Eagles, and Glenn Fry came up with the theme song for Beverly Hills Cop. They paid him a flat $15,000. Here, take the check. He did. He wrote the theme song. Of course, the theme song became one of the most popular songs in the 1980s. Fry only had $15,000. The song was worth millions of dollars. (laughs) And the song, of course, I'm talking about with Beverly Hills Cop is called The Heat Is On. I remember singing this at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, cheering on my St. Louis Cardinals. And we would sing during the seventh inning stretch, (laughs) The Heat Is On. Many of you know we're in the sermon series on Daniel. It's an eight-part series as we look at this Old Testament prophet named Daniel under this theme, thriving no matter what hits you. You can see this very apropos theme picture up here, up on our screens. All kinds of stuff is trying to take us down And the idea in Daniel, all 12 chapters, is that we stand firm like this lighthouse when the waves come crashing in. This week we are thriving when the heat, (laughs) the heat is on. Thriving, standing strong when the heat of peer pressure, the heat of caving in, the heat of just going along with everybody... And thriving when it happens. So how do you actually do that, though? How do you thrive when this society gives us such skewed and different definitions of success and the good life and relationships? How do you thrive when this society continues to pummel us with its waves and tries to conform us to being selfish, narcissistic people who only think of ourselves? How do you stand firm in all of that when the heat is on? Well, you turn to Daniel chapter 3. What a great chapter today. Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel 3, it is sizzling and it is suffocating. (laughs) It is sweaty. It is a certain scorcher for sure. You see, the sun is out. The temperature is up. And sweat is rolling down people's bodies in Daniel chapter 3. It feels like a five-alarm fire, all this and more. Because the heat, the heat is way up. And the heat, you better believe it, the heat is on. Just ask Daniel's three friends. Their Hebrew names are Azariah, Misael, and Hananiah. 
But in Daniel chapter 3, they're called by their Babylonian names, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and a bungalow, your shack, my shack, and a bungalow, that's Abednego. Throughout Daniel 3, Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah, they're not called by their Hebrew names. They're called by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thirteen times in Daniel chapter 3. I counted them again last night. Thirteen times in Daniel 3, they're called not their Hebrew names, but their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like a constant drumbeat. And why is that? Because if I have a Babylonian name, I'm supposed to act like a what? A Babylonian. Especially, especially when the heat is on. These three Hebrews, called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 13 times in Daniel chapter 3, these three Hebrews, pictured in this painting, are three among 300,000 Babylonians. It's on the plain of Dura. It's the early part of the 6th century B.C. And King Nebuchadnezzar, the great Babylonian king, has created this statue, this image, right? It's about 10 feet wide, 112 feet high. It's probably an image of Nebuchadnezzar himself, though we're not sure. That's a good guess. At any rate, Nebuchadnezzar has issued this order. At the sound of music, at the sound of music, everyone better bow down, right? Blend in and sell out. And if they don't, they will know firsthand that very hour that the heat, (laughs) the heat is on. So what do we do when we feel like we're three in the midst of 300,000? What do we do when we have friends who are pressuring us to make decisions that we know are wrong? What do we do when we live with family members who want us simply to go along with the current state of affairs? What do you do when every bone in your body just wants to bow down, blend in, and sell out, go along, get along, throw in the towel? What do you do? Daniel helps us. When the heat is on, when we're pressured to live selfish, narcissistic, self-centered lives and go along with the crowd, (laughs) this is what Daniel 3 teaches us. This is what we need. Deep conviction. Deep conviction. Not a shallow faith. Not just a Sunday morning faith. Something that is deeply rooted. Deep conviction. These men, Daniel 3.12, these Hebrew men with their Babylonian names, your shack, my shack, and a bungalow, these three men do not serve your gods. These Babylonians are telling Nebuchadnezzar, or worship the golden image you have set up. See, everyone else is lockstep. Everyone else, when the music plays, they bow down. Everyone else is in. Everyone else is worshiping this image of gold. Everyone else except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach and Benny, they don't need to take an opinion poll. They don't need to post on Facebook and ask their friends, hey, what should we do? No, they have deep conviction. 
they are going to become crispy critters. <laughs> and they would rather burn than turn. That's it, folks. They're taking a stand. They would rather burn than turn away from the living God who made heaven and earth. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves in this matter. Isn't that great? Isn't it great? When we are pressured to conform, to go along and, and, and say what people say and do what people do and think what people think, we don't need to defend ourselves. At school, children, if someone is telling you to do something and then you don't do it and you're mocked and ridiculed, you don't need to defend yourself. If you're in a family with an unbeliever and they're kind of making fun of your faith and ridiculing you, you don't need to defend yourself. If you are at work and they are asking you to say or do something that is immoral, you don't have to defend yourself. You have a defender. (laughs) This is the consistent message throughout the Bible. God is our defender. Exodus 14, 14. Moses says, you need only be still. The Lord your God will fight for you. This is his battle, not ours. 1 Samuel 17, verse 47. The battle belongs to the Lord. Isn't this great? It's great. We have a defender who stands by us, who gives us spine and courage and determination. What do we need when the heat is on? Deep conviction. Second, complete confidence. Complete confidence. Look what Shackrack and Benny say. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we worship is able to save us. It's just stunning. Here they are, remember, three in the midst of 300,000, and they're ready to burn rather than turn. And they understand their role. See, their role is complete confidence. Their role is to stand up. Uh, But their role is not to save themselves. (laughs) We cannot save ourselves. Their role is to do their job, stand firm, stand strong, complete confidence, and then let God do his job. And what's God's job? There it is. God is able. God is able. Ephesians chapter 3.20 puts it this way. God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine. God is able to help us not be crushed when we're rejected by our friends for our Christian faith. God is able to help us stand up, stand up for Jesus. God is able to save us. Deep conviction. God is our defender. The battle belongs to the Lord. Complete confidence. God is able. Third, as this narrative unfolds in Daniel 3, we need bold courage. This is one of the most stunning verses for me in the entire Bible. Uh, You see, (laughs) we have deep conviction. We have complete confidence. 
But there are times, and you know this, so do I. There are times when, when we know God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but for some reason, unbeknownst to us and only known to God Almighty, for some reason, He doesn't deliver us. That's what they're saying here. In the prior verse, right, 317, God is able. But look at this, but if not... Wow. But if not, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. We want to see a miracle, but if not. I want to be happy, but if not. I want to live a long life, but if not. I want to prosper, but if not. Following and standing up for Jesus will cost you time and money and respect and relationships. It may even cost you your life. And whether Jesus delivers us in this life from the fiery furnace will not impact us one single bit. Even if he doesn't deliver us from the fire furnace, we will not bow down, blend in, or sell out. Three great words, but if not, we're still in. (laughs) I don't care how hot it gets, we are still standing strong. Deep conviction, complete confidence, bold courage. What else do we need when the heat's on and <laughs> temperature's up, sweat is rolling down? Christ care. When we are suffering because we pray, when we are suffering because we're holding on to promises of God, when we are suffering, when, when people are ignoring us or rejecting us, it's easy to feel like Christ doesn't care, Christ isn't close, Christ has no compassion. Now, this Babylonian furnace that is cranked up seven times hotter for our heroes, your shack, my shack, and a bungalow, also has a window, a window in which this is sick. This is sick, a window in which Babylonians can look into the furnace and see the boiling and the baking and the burning when the heat is on. So Nebuchadnezzar is looking through that window. I see four men unbound. That word unbound, we'll come back to that big word, unbound, because they're thrown in with what? Ropes. Now they're unbound, walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt, Nebuchadnezzar said. And the appearance of the fourth is like what? Well, he's not an orthodox theologian, right? He's not going to get it completely right. He's a pagan king. Close enough, though, Nebuchadnezzar. The fourth one is like a son of the gods. Close enough. (laughs) He's actually God the son and the son of God. It's Jesus. Jesus in the furnace. Jesus in the fire. There's always a fourth man in the furnace. You are not alone. Jesus shows up in the fiery furnace, like a son of the gods. More accurately, God the Son, the Son of God. And Jesus is going to go into another furnace. 600 years later, did you know that? 600 years later, Jesus is going to jump into another furnace. 
The Palestinian sun is up. The temperature is way up. And sweat is rolling down our Savior's bleeding and butchered body. Jesus is in the furnace again. We call that Good Friday. We call that Golgotha. We call that the cross. And Jesus is taking the heat, isn't he? Jesus is taking the heat for all of your sin and mine. Lock, stock, and barrel. He takes all the heat, and it is hot. John 19, verse 28, Jesus says, I thirst. We can only imagine. But there was a rumbling, and there were some women, and there were some angels, and the tomb is empty. And Jesus is alive bodily, eternally, victoriously. And Jesus lives to make a promise to you, straight from his heart to yours. Right now, Isaiah 43. Jesus says, when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Ki ani Yahweh Eloheka, Kadosh Yisrael, Moshiacha. Well, there's a little Hebrew. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, Moshiach, your Savior. Daniel 3, verse 26, says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived. Here's a contemporary painting of the four men, right? But they survived. The, the Bible says in the rest of Daniel chapter 3, the Shackrach and Benny, they weren't singed by the fire. They weren't burned by the fire. The Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't go into a bowling alley for more than three seconds without coming out smelling like smoke. But the Bible says Shackrach and Benny didn't even smell like smoke. There's only one thing that was burned in the furnace. Remember Daniel 3.25? Only one thing was burned in the furnace. Their ropes. Their ropes. They were unbound. The ropes were burned off. Here's the point of the whole sermon today, folks. God may not save you from the fire, But God will save you in the fire. Let me say it again. God may not save you from the fire. He's able, he's able, but he may not. But he always saves us in the fire. How does he do that? He burns off our ropes. The ropes that limit what he can do in our lives, the the ropes that limit what will happen in our lives, the the ropes that limit us when it comes to the promises of God. The fire burns those up and off. Hmm. Lame excuses, toxic relationships, bad attitudes, prayerless days, those are all burned off when the heat is on. There's a pine cone tree called the Jack Pine Cone Tree. And it's unique among pine cone trees because its pine cones have seeds in them, but the resin is so tight around the pine cones that the seeds can't get out. They're stuck. 
The only way the seeds get out of the pine cone is how? You know, when there's what? Fire. The fire burns, the resin loosens, the seed drops to the ground, it germinates, and what comes forth but a new jack pine cone tree. New life happens, folks. New life happens when the heat (laughs) is up and the heat is on. New life in Christ happens. Only one way, when the heat is on. I can honestly tell you right now today that the most beautiful and glorious and awesome events in my life have happened because the heat. Didn't happen during the good days, folks. Happened during the hellish days, the bad days. The days when the heat is on. But I can tell you that the the best growth in my life happened when God didn't save me from the fire, but he saved me in the fire. He's burning off rope still today. (laughs) New life in Christ happens when the heat is on. So the next time (laughs) your friend, your family member, your boss, your next-door neighbor turns up the heat, (laughs) we remember Shackrack and Benny. Deep conviction, complete confidence, bold courage, and Christ's care. And then what? We will never bow down. We will never blend in. And we will never sell out. Ever. How about we stand and sing about just that?